You're listening to sermon audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, you can visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. Our sermon text this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Now if you have been raised with Christ, think, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming down on the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all of the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing within one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, in wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word. All right. Good morning, church family. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's, it's always a joy to be able to come together and, and open up the, the scriptures together to, to hear from God in his word. If you, uh, if you have a Bible, um, I encourage you to turn to Colossians chapter 3, as uh, Alyssa just read. As, um, if you don't have a Bible, we have some on the, in the chairs in front of you. Um, you can grab one of those, and um, if you don't have a Bible, you can, you can keep that. Um, so as Chad mentioned earlier, we're, we're in this same passage again, you know, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. That's, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, because Micah and I couldn't decide who got it, right? So we were going through Colossians, you know, we're kind of divvying up, uh, who's going to preach when, figuring out the schedule. And, uh, both of us wanted to divs this passage. It's, uh, it's very special to, to me. I've, I, uh, I have memorized it in the past and, I just think it's a beautiful picture of, um, you know, the, the foundation of the gospel that we see in, in one through four and, and how we, you know, we, we put off our sin. We put to death the sin that, that belongs to our earthly nature. We put away the, the anger, wrath, malice. We put that away because that belongs to our old self. And then, then we're called to put on the new self, right? Put on compassion, kindness, love, gentleness, humility, peace, like these these things should define our, our new community. So this is a beautiful passage, and, and Micah did a, good, a great job last week just kind of setting the foundation, talking about our, our old self and our new self. We've, 
We put the old self away. We see that in verse 9. Don't lie to each other because you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Right? This new self affects the, the way that we live. And so as we get into the text, we're going to have you know, three sections, 1 through 4, 5 through 11, and then 12 through 17. 1 through 4, we, we start with this, this solid foundation in the gospel. Right? If you have been raised with Christ, if that's the, the foundation, you died, your life is hidden with Christ and God. So with that foundation, then we need to work out our, our new identity in Christ. Five, verses 5 through 11, we, we need to um, figure out who we are as Christians. We need to put to death the things that belong to our old self or our old identity. We need to, to know who we are. We put on the new self. We're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of our creator. We understand that in Christ there is there's no division for believers. There's not Greek and Jew. There's not circumcision and uncircumcision. And then with that new identity that we understand, then we, we see how it affects our community. We have this, this redesigned community. So as we dive into the text, I'm going to pray and ask for the, the Lord to be with us this morning. Father God, I thank you for your love for us, your kindness to us. Thank you for just all your blessings. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that we got to sing together. That there is, is nothing and no one that can compare to you. Pray that, that that truth resonates as I speak this morning, that, that you would just permeate my words. You know, that, that my shortcomings wouldn't get in the way of, of how you're speaking to this, this church body, this family here. <clears throat> pray that you would be with us, and um, thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. All right, so first we have this, this solid foundation in the gospel, verses 1 through 4. First, we see that, that we are, are raised with Christ. Verse 1, if, if you have been raised with Christ. Right, this, this if here, that, that matters. Right, that makes a difference. If, you know, kind of grammatically here, the way that, um, that this is, it, it's kind of an implied yes, right? It's not exactly the same, but you can imagine, you know, it's a Saturday morning. In our family, we're going we're gonna to do some chores, all right, so I make a deal with the kids. All right, you guys can play until 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we're going we're gonna to do chores. All right, so they play. 11 o'clock comes around. I come and I say, are you guys ready to do chores? I ask the, the question, are you ready? But the answer is yes. Like, it's time to do chores. It's 11 o'clock. It's time. It's this, this implied yes. It can even kind of be tran- translated as since. You know, the NIV actually, actually does translate it since you have been raised with Christ. But I think it's important for us to ask ourselves that question, if you have been raised with Christ. Because if, if you haven't been raised with Christ, then the rest of this passage doesn't apply to you. Right? This, is, this is Paul speaking to Christians. Right? I don't want you to try to put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, to put away the sin, to put away the impurity, to figure out how you treat other people, to try to be compassionate and kind if you don't have Christ in you that's, that's working that out in you. I want, I want you to, to truly know and believe the gospel. 
the truth that Jesus, who was in heaven eternally with the Father, completely satisfied, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in eternity past. He didn't count that as, as something to be used for his advantage, but, but he came to earth and was born. Right, that's what we celebrate as, at Christmas. He was born of a virgin, born in, um, laid in a manger. Right? He, he faced so much suffering in this, in this life, but he never veered off his mission. All the way to the end, died on the cross, paid for our sin, and was raised, right? Defeating sin and death forever. If we believe that, if we repent of our sins and, and come to, to trust Christ, then that's the, the foundation that the rest of this passage builds on. We've been raised with Christ. So if we have been raised with Christ, we are called to, to focus on heavenly things, right? Seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Right, this, this new self, we, we have died, you know, chapter 2, verse 20, a little bit before. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, right, we died with him, and then we've been raised with him, our new self leads to our new focus. Right, we need to follow Jesus' example in this, that he, he had this, this singular focus on heavenly things. Right, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, the, the stories of, of Jesus' temptation. Right? Satan comes to him and he says, if you bow to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. But Jesus didn't want earthly kingdoms. Right? He wanted the heavenly kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. And so he didn't veer off his, his mission. He kept his, his focus on, on heavenly things. We needed to follow his example. Seeking the things above it's a, it's a direction. It's an, it's an orientation for us. It's a goal that we're working towards. We're not, we're not trying to, to get the heavenly things and hold on to them here on this earth, right? But we're, we're focused on, on that, that direction that we're going. My family is, uh, we are together training for a 5K, right? Refugee Hope Partners, a... Uh, a nonprofit ministry that, that supports refugees. They do a, a 5K each year in May. And um, it's, it's actually like right behind our house on the, the greenway that we walk on all the time. Um, so we are, are training for this 5K. And that is a, a goal for us, a motivation for us. I don't like running. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I ran two miles last week. And that's probably the first time I've ever run two miles and I was so proud of myself and I was like you know talking to the Scots I was like Micah and Ozelia I'm, I'm a real runner now I ran, I ran two miles and, and Micah was like that's what you consider a real runner <laughs> ultra marathon Micah um, but that, that focus we want to run this 5k I want to run all five of those kilometers that focus that motivates us you know it's the end of a, a day Kids are tired from school. I'm tired from work. And, and uh, it, it's hard to, to get motivated, right? Kids, you want to go for a run? No, I don't want to go. It's like, well, if we don't run today, then we won't be able to run our 5K. Okay, okay, we can run. So that, that's the same kind of mindset that we want to have. We want to focus on our goal. Think about the, 
the direction that we need to go in. As we follow Christ, we need to seek the things above. Focus on those. Set our mind, minds on those, on the things above, not on earthly things. A little bit of a, little bit of grammar focus here. Um, Greek, the, the language that the New Testament is written in, it has kind of two different present tenses. You know, there's, a, there's one called the aorist tense, and that's more like single point in time. Um, you know, he eats his lunch. Just, just right there and he eats his lunch. And then there's a, a present tense that's more like ongoing. You know, he is eating his lunch. Right, and that, that present tense, that ongoing thing, that's the, that's the tense that's used here. When it, when it says, seek the things above. Set your minds on things above. It's that ongoing thing. You know, keep on seeking the things above. Keep on setting your minds on things above. You know, things happen in this life that, that kind of distract us, pull us away from our focus. But we need to keep on setting our minds on the things above. We don't need to despair when we get off track, when we get pulled, distracted, pulled off. Just, just refocus. Just keep on seeking the things above. The last point of this, um, this first section is that we are hidden with Christ. Just what a, a beautiful truth that is. This, this solid foundation of the gospel is that the reason that we seek these things above is because we are with Christ. It's just such a wonderful truth. There's a great visual, right? Hidden with Christ. Think of like Plato, right? You can, you can take something and you can put it in Plato and just totally wrap it up and the thing is just gone. We're just hidden with Christ. Another visual I thought of, I'm a uh, little bit of a nerd that likes documentaries about nature and stuff. I was watching one about king cobras. King cobras are super cool, guys. They're like 18 feet long. It's just giant. They're, it would be so scary to see one of those in real life. But two male king cobras, they're, they're rivals. They attack each other, and they, they try to bite each other's heads. And as they do that, they get all wrapped up. And it's just like this coil of snake, and you can't tell which snake is which. That's what I think of when we're hidden with Christ. Right? We're just so wrapped up in Christ that we can't tell you know, where we are and where Christ is. and We're just hidden with him. We're hidden with Christ and, and, and we are secure in him. Like this language here, when, when Christ appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When and will. Our family went to Washington, D.C. this past week. And um, yesterday we, uh, you know, we, we went and parked our car on the south side of the city to come back to North Carolina. And, um, and then we rode the metro up to the zoo. And, um, and so I was, I was telling the kids, I was like, okay, we're, gonna, we're on the yellow line. We need to ride to, to Gallery Place. We need to get off. We need to get on the red line. And we need to ride to Cleveland Park to, to go to the zoo. I'm like, okay. And they're kind of, you know, paying attention to that and, and trying to stay focused and they're kids so they can't stay focused, right? We go past the airport and, and Titus is, he, he's been doing this, this thing where all the vehicles are switched, right? Cars are metros and 
metros are cars, and so we're on the street, and he's like, hey, look, there's a metro. There's a metro. And so we go by the airport, and he says, look at all those boats. <laughs> and then as a little aside, he says, boats are planes, and planes are boats. <laughs> so he can't stay focused, right? But that's okay, you know, because cause I stay focused, right? They can rest in me. You know, their, their dad's going to make sure they get to the zoo. And that's the, the security that we have in Christ. We can just rest in him. We don't have to do anything but rest in Christ. When Christ appears, we will also appear with him in glory. Back to the, the Plato analogy, you know, when, when you're cleaning up Plato, you got all the little crumbs, you take the big clump of Plato and you stick the little crumbs and it picks up. And that, that's what we are. We're just a little Plato crumb and Jesus comes and he picks us up and he, he takes us. When Christ, who is our life, appears, we will also appear with him in glory. So that's the, the foundation, the gospel foundation that sets us up for our new identity and for our new community. So we have this new identity, verses 5 through 11. Just think about, um, you know, a, a single person that, that gets engaged, right? They, they have a, a new identity. They have a, a new direction, right? Their life is set up for, for a single life, right? Everything they have, of, you know, matches what they need. And they have, to, they have to get rid of the stuff that doesn't match their single life anymore so that they can get the new stuff that matches their married life. And that's kind of the, the idea that we have is of this new identity. We, we have this stuff that, that belongs to our old self, right? This, this sinful stuff, this, um, yeah, the things that belong to our earthly nature. We need to get, the, get rid of those so that we can put on the things that belong to our new self. So first we want to put to death the sins that are inside us. All right, verse five. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. These vices are internal, right? First Corinthians chapter six, Paul says, flee sexual immorality. All other sins are outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. God designed sex to be between a husband and a wife. And all of, this, all of their aspects of our sexuality are, are sinning against our own body. So impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, these, these you know, motivations, these, these desires, they're the opposite of, of seeking the things above. Right, lust, this person is, a, is an object that I can use for my own pleasure evil desire. I want that thing in a, in a sinful way. I want that for my own gain. Greed. I want that to, to be rich, to be more comfortable. These sinful desires are, are opposed to seeking the things above. When we're, when we're focused on following Christ, it's easy for us to, to put these things to death because we know that we, we remember the, the cost of that Jesus paid. These, these sins are a huge deal. Verse six, because of these, God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. 
These are opposed to God's way and they are recipients of his wrath. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Right, verse seven, you once walked in these things when you were living in them. It's not true for us anymore. We're not, we're not continuing to walk in these things. We're not slaves to these anymore because we have died to the elements of this world. We've been raised with Christ. So as you see these things, these sinful desires crop up in your life, repent. Share it with a brother and sister in Christ. Put those sins to death. Let the, bring them to light. Let them become weak. Let the Lord help you defeat these sins. So we put the sins inside us to death and we, we put away the sins towards others. Verse 8. But now put away all the following. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. These, these sins are, are primarily external in nature, how we treat others. We can be like angry against the world, sort of use filthy language in a um, kind of general way, but but they really have their oomph in um, in how they how we treat others in that way, like our, our anger towards somebody else, our, our filthy language in, in how we talk about people. We need to put these away. And putting this away is kind of a, a natural overflow of our, our reoriented desires. As we seek the things above, as we have good, solid desires, it, it helps us. You know, James says in, in James chapter 4, what, what causes fights and wars among you, it's because you desire and you don't have. Right? So we have these, these misguided desires. We see this, you know, from from the very beginning of our lives, right? I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, our, our church's one-year-olds, Marcus and Braxton, if they're sitting together and Marcus has a toy that Braxton wants or, or vice versa, I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't be surprised to see anger and wrath and malice come out of these one-year-olds, right? They have, they desire something that they don't have. And that, that's true for us. Like, we, we desire. And so as we as we keep on seeking the things above, as we have a new focus, it helps us have new desires. It helps us put away these, these sins. And also understanding the, the truth about who other people are. Right? They are created in the image of God. If we understand who they are and their, their inherent value in how God created them, it helps us put those sins away. Another way that we want to live out our new identity is we want to be people of truth. Our truth defines us as Christians. Paul says in, in verse 9, don't lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Right, Lying in, in a lack of truth, that belongs to our old self. We are people of truth. You know, Augustine famously said, famously, said all truth is God's truth. Right? We don't have to be afraid of truth. We don't have to be afraid of, you know, the, a lot of times we're kind of afraid of academics and, and uh, just not, you know, it's not baseless. Like there are a lot of atheistic professors that are, um, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, 
tell lies and everything, but, but as, you know, as people discover real truth, we can, we can learn from it. We can believe it. We don't have to be afraid of any truth. Of, as, as scientists learn more about how our bodies are designed and how genes work and, and what they affect and everything, we don't, we don't have to be afraid of that. We can learn from that. We don't have to be afraid of, of truth within the church, too. A lot of, a lot of churches are, are afraid of what might happen if, if the truth that, you know, there's a, a sexual abuser on staff. If that, if that truth comes out, what's going to happen to the church? But what's going to happen to the church if, if you keep that secret, keep it a lie? We don't have to be afraid of, of the truth of our sin coming out. It's better that way, to, to truly repent. We want truth to, to shape our community too. This is sort of transitioning us, getting us ready for the next section as, as Jesus is the truth, right? John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth that, that unites us, that brings us together. Paul says in Ephesians that, that we are to, to speak the truth in love so that we are built up into the body of Christ. So the truth of the gospel sets the foundation for our new identity. The last thing I want to encourage us in in, in this new identity is, is just to, to bask in who you are in Christ. Just love the, the visual of that word of, of basking, right? Just kind of sitting in the sun, just absorbing the warmth, right? It feels, it feels so passive, right? You just, you're just laying there and you're just absorbing the warmth. But think about that for like a, a cold-blooded animal, right? Lizards, snakes, everything, they, they need to bask so they stay alive, right? So they have energy, right? And we're kind of cold-blooded, Right, we, we don't come up with our own warmth for, for Christ in ourselves, right? We need to, to bask in him. We need to come and just reflect on, on who we are in Christ. So we are renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator. Right, how wonderful that, that truth is, that we have this, this new source of knowledge. We're being, we're being transformed into the image of, of Christ. We're united by Christ and not divided like the world would divide us. Look at all these, these ways that the world divides. In, in Christ, there's not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision. As we went through Acts, you know, we, uh, we got to the, the passage where, where Peter, he sees the, this vision of a sheet coming down with, with all the um, clean and unclean animals on it. He sees this, this vision three times to finally convince him that he's able to eat with a Gentile. That's the, the division that, that the world has, right? That you can't even eat with them. You can't be close to them. You can't be like them at all. But in Christ, that, that division is not there anymore. Right? We are united by Christ. There's not Greek and Jew. There's not circumcision and uncircumcision. Barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. There's no, there's no political line that can, can separate us. There's no socioeconomic line that can separate us. 
when we are united by Christ. Last phrase of verse 11, Christ is all and in all. In my notes here, I just, I just wrote, dude. Christ is all and in all. Our identity in Christ is, is so overwhelmingly amazing. We're just, we're hidden with Christ. As we transition to the next section, looking at the, the redesigned community, how we're called to, to live in community, that's the, that's the foundation, right? Christ is all and in all. So thinking about the, the redesigned community, verses 12 through 17, this first phrase in here is just so beautiful. Therefore, it's God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. I've been trying to, to memorize this passage. I'm, I'm close. I don't have all the filler words, the, the prepositions and stuff, but I'm, I'm close. Um, and so I was practicing this with the kids. They were taking a long time getting, getting ready for bed. Big surprise. Um, and uh, I was like, you guys take your time. I'm just going to practice my scripture memory. And so I was, I was quoting this, and um, I got down to this verse, and, and Ruth was, was like, Dad, are you still going? Like, can you stop? And I'm like, no, listen to this. This is, listen to this. As God's chosen one, Ruth, God chose you. You are holy and dearly loved because God chose you. Yeah, I was holding on to her shoulders and God chose you. I want you guys to feel that in the same way. Like I'm holding on to your shoulders. God chose you. Holy and dearly loved. God chose me. So that's the, the foundation for us. As we think about this, this redesigned community, as there's a lot of a lot of commands in here, right? A lot of things that we're trying to, to put on. Right? But we are God's chosen ones. And that's what that's what motivates us. One thing I want to point out about this passage is um, you know, there's a lot of, of you in here. You, your, things like that. Those are pretty much basically all plural, right? So, you know, if this was a, a Southern Bible, it would say, so if y'all have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is. Set y'all's minds on the things above, right? And so that's the, Paul is talking to a community, right? As God's chosen ones, King's Cross Church, right? Holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility. This is, this is something that, that we need to do together. So we, we need to be a redesigned community that, that Christ is, is in. He is all and in all of us. So this redesigned community, we need to follow the example of Christ. Right? This, this list of, of virtues, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Like, we see all of these in Christ. Right? We think of, of Jesus' compassion. There's a famous scene in the Gospels as, as Jesus is, you know, he's about to um, come into Jerusalem for his, his last week and, 
and he looks out over the city and he he feels compassion for them for Jerusalem they're like, they're like sheep without a shepherd the people in Jerusalem are going to murder him in a few days and he feels compassion for them humility God's humility is so beautifully expressed in, in Philippians chapter 2 Paul encourages the Philippian church to have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be used for his advantage. But instead, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus' humility led to his death. We're encouraged to, to bear with one another, to have patience. We need to remember how patient Jesus has been with us. Or a lot of times we think of, um, you know, the, the way he bears with the, the sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, right? We, we think about, yeah, I mean, he's, he's compassionate to, to them. Right, he bears with, with them, those, those people. We forget that, that that's us. Right? We are those sinners. First Timothy 1, chapter 15, Paul says, the saying is, is trustworthy, deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he adds, I am the worst of them. That should be our mindset, too. Praise God that, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But remember that, that that's us. Right, I'm the worst of them. We follow the example of Christ and, and how he loves. Right, it says to the disciples, greater love has no one than this. And he lays down his life for his friends. Then he says, you are my friends if you obey me, if you follow my commands, if you follow me. So he lays down his life for us, shows us the, the greatest love and also peace. Right? Let the peace of Christ to which you are called in one body rule your hearts. That's something that that is is very countercultural. Right? We we get so wrapped up in, in thinking that you know that the, the stakes are too high for, for peace. Right? This is a time of war. We need to to fight. Like you hear that from um, in politics, right? This election is the most important election of our lifetime. We need to fight. This culture war is, is too important. We need to fight, right? But, but we're called to be people of peace. We see Jesus' commitment to peace in, in the Garden of Gethsemane as, as he is in anguish, you know, the, the night before he's killed. And he is, um, he's praying, and he's in anguish, and he finally gets to the point where he says, not my will, but your will be done. And Judas comes with the, the soldiers to arrest him, and, and Peter grabs a sword, and it cuts off one of the guard's ears. And Jesus rebukes Peter. This isn't the way that we do things. Right? He heals the man, puts the ear back on. We're called to be people of peace. So we need to follow the example of Christ. We also need to overflow with gratitude. We see that 
just in, in how Paul is writing this passage, right? In verse 15, verse 16, verse 17, there's, there's multiple mentions of, of gratitude, right? Verse, verse 15, let the peace of Christ to which you were called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. <clears throat> Verse 17, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Right, gratitude is just kind of dripping out of this passage. Right, it's just kind of flowing in, in, in with all these other things. Our gratitude is a, is a testimony to our belief in the gospel. Right, if we, if we truly believe that we have been raised with Christ, it's easy for us to be thankful, no matter what. In um, Philippians 2, right after, you know, that, that Christ hymn, pretty soon after, in verse 14, it, you know, Paul tells the Philippians not to grumble or complain. And he says if they do that, they'll be like, they'll shine like stars in a crooked and perverse generation, right? So as, as the world is, is doing its grumbling and complaining, right, that's, that's so natural for us to grumble and complain. Like how, many, how many of your coworkers are just constantly complaining? Your neighbors, right? You get on the Nextdoor app and it's just all complaining, right? And so if we are overflowing with gratitude, we're not grumbling and not complaining. Right? That's, a, that's a testimony. We shine like stars. So overflow with gratitude. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. And all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So I want to encourage you to think about, you know, this for you personally. What does it look like for, for the word of Christ to dwell in your life? Right? Do you value the scriptures? Spending time reading and, and studying it. I know for me, like, there's, there's so many times when, you know, I'm, I'm up late for one reason or another, and, and I just, you know, it's hard for me to get up in time to, to spend some time in the scriptures. But I'm basically never up so late that I'm late for work. And so if I have this, this commitment to my 8 o'clock meeting, my 9 o'clock meeting or whatever, why don't I have a 6.30 meeting with, with Christ? Not in a legalistic way. Right? I'm not going to, you know, God's not going to smite me if I don't make that 6.30 meeting. But, but just showing that I value the word. You know, Psalm chapter 19, famous verse of the, the word is like, like honey. It's like gold. Right? Do we value it like that? It's, it's sweet as honey. It's as valuable as gold. One way to let the word of Christ dwell in you is to memorize scripture. You know, as you are trying to memorize, trying to recite it, you know, you've got a couple minutes and, um, you know, you're taking a little break and you have a couple minutes and you can just sort of think about the scriptures that you're 
trying to memorize. Right? That just allows it to, to kind of permeate your mind. So let the word of Christ dwell in, in you personally and then, and then us collectively. Like, what's that look like? As you're studying the scriptures, maybe the Lord will prompt you to, to think of someone else. Think of your brothers and sisters in Christ. I encourage you to, to tell them that. Right? As you, as you read and, and the Lord lets you think of, of someone else, right? just send them a text or something. Hey, I was reading this and, and now I'm praying for you. I hope it's encouraging. That if we do that kind of collectively as a church, that that just would be so beautiful as as an example of the word of Christ dwelling in us. Also see the way that it happens is um, in singing, right? Through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Even just so far this morning, we've we've sung these, these beautiful truths. There's no one that can compare to Christ. revive us again, right? We want our, our souls to be revived, given new life. Teaching and admonishing one another. So we let the word of Christ dwell in us. And then ultimately we, we do everything in the name of Jesus. This, uh, this calling is, is too high for us. Right, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, we moved into our house first time, um, first time homebuyers in, in 2021, right as, as this church was starting, and and uh, you know it's kind of an older townhouse, and and there's you know things that we want to do to it to improve it. And uh, I remember talking with with Jess right as we were moving in, and and I was like. You know, owning a house is kind of like sanctification. There's, there's always something to do, right? By the time you, you finally, you know, get to the end of your, your first set of renovations, like, you need to restart. And, uh, and I was like, you know, it's, there's always something we can improve on, right? We're always growing. And Jess is like, we're never going to be done. <laughs> so I don't want us to have that mindset of, of like, you know, because we can never actually do everything in the name of Christ, that we're failing, right? God is, is so patient with us and he's, he loves us so much. We have this, this high calling to do everything in the name of Christ, but, but doing things in the name of Christ isn't, isn't being Christ, right? We're not, we're not called to be perfect because we can't be, right? We're called to, to this life of, of continual repentance and following him, doing things his way. We come to Christ and our shortcoming, and, and we grow in him by acknowledging that. Right, chapter 2, verse 6, we covered a few weeks ago. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in faith. The same way that we received Christ Jesus, that's the way that we continue to walk in him, continue to live in him. So we do everything in the name of Lord Jesus we do that because we are already accepted by him. You know, kind of coming back to, to where we started. Right? Do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him because we have been raised with Christ. Because we are hidden with Christ. Because when Christ, who is our life, 
appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. That's it. That's what we're called to. Just rest in him. Trust in him. Do everything. Keep on seeking. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the way that you speak to us through your word. Thank you for this passage and and uh, just the, the beautiful truth that, that we are hidden with Christ. Pray that you would help us to, to truly and ultimately follow you. Help us to, to believe in you and, and um, to put to death sins that belong to our earthly nature. Right? And to put on our new identity. In Christ, there's there's nothing that divides us, right? There's there's nothing that is is so good in this earth that it should pull us away from you. Right? Help us to put on compassion and kindness and humility. Let the peace of Christ rule our hearts in this life when there's so many anxieties and and so many things that that can distract us. Pray that you would help us to put those away and just rest in you. Help us to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.